<laughs> hey guys, welcome to our podcast, Deeper Into the Dark, where two friends descend into true crime, the paranormal, and all things strange. My name's Steph. And I'm Christina. <laughs> How are you doing today, Christina? Um, uh, as we just discussed earlier, I'm a little gassy. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I'm so surprised by that. <laughs> okay, we just like ate a lot of pizza. And I love this because we're both lactose intolerant and we choose violence on our bodies and we eat things that we shouldn't. <laughs> I mean, last night we did stuff our face of ice cream and brownies. Oh yeah, we did. And more pizza. And more pizza. <laughs> and cheese fries. And, oh my God, yeah. Oh my God, we're terrible. <sighs> we're trying to train our bodies to not be lactose intolerant, even though that's not how it works. No, that is not how that works. <laughs> but that'd be cool if it was. You could train yourself not to. Uh, reminds me of that, um, what is it, uh, Bob's Burgers episode where Tina's like, um, she's working the back fridges with, um, her mom, because her mom's, like, working in the store and Tina's in the back, um, stock room with the refrigerators, mm-hmm. and a boy comes up and reaches her chocolate milk, and she reaches too, and she's like, oh, I'm sorry, he's like, oh, it's okay, and they have a whole conversation, and then she, like, she's like, wait, come back, because she's falling in love with him. But mm, he course. pulls his hand away and she pulls off the band-aid that was on his finger. She like worships it and then she oh meets him gosh. again. And he's like, So you like chocolate milk to you? He's like, Yeah. He's like, but I'm lactose intolerant. I'm like dangerously lactose intolerant, but I'm trying to train my body not to be, so that's why I'm always getting mm. chocolate milk every week. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> we should attempt that. Just I know. to see if it works. <laughs> so far we're failing, but it's only been two days. <laughs> Let's keep it going. We have nuked the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) Send more toilet bowl cleaner and Um, air freshener. Besides that, how are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) I'm okay. Um, I got a job. I know. I'm so excited. I start on Tuesday for orientation. I'm not that excited about it because it's another shipping job, but. You know, it's okay because you're able to buy me more snacks. Just I know. Just it's kidding. okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You'll, you'll fund my snacks. <laughs> I need you working. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> JK, JK. No, but it'll be good to build up my savings again. and. Oh, yeah. Da, na, 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 na. You're good about that. Yeah. I got to start. I have $25 in my savings. Woo! I know, right? <laughs> That's a lot for me. <laughs> And hey, I haven't touched it, and I any, want to. <laughs> any money in your savings account is more than none, <laughs> honestly. Um, it's just really sad that I'll be 31 this year. Yeah, show my age. Um, and I'm really bad at money. <laughs> hey, at least you're trying. <laughs> Most people just give up, and then they're begging friends online, saying, hey, can you fund this? Hey, can you... Hey, remember that one person me and Greg were with? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Every other week. Hey, guys, I yeah, need I saw that. consistently through their Facebook, consistently cash asking for cash app funds, Venmos, something. Hey, help me fund my car payment. Hey, help me fund my school tuition. Hey, help fund my fucking um, car repair or something like that. And it's like, dude, just get a fucking job. No, he didn't need that because he was going to school for his job. And it's like, that's not how it works. <laughs> no, he should have gotten a job, got savings, went to school and done that. And then he wouldn't have to be begging people for money every day. 
But they were in, I'm not going to say it, but whatever. They were using that as their crutch consistently. Because I have this blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you're fine. If you, whatever. Ooh, I'm getting heated. Okay, anyways. Speaking of getting heated, (laughs) um, I wanted to talk to you about something. I don't know if I did already, but um, I had someone, I'm not going to say who, they um, were discussing with me because I started listening to the podcast and they made a comment and said that um, I shouldn't be talking about my life, my private life, Mm -hmm. um, especially not yet since this is a new podcast. And I was just like, no, I don't hide things. Yeah, I'm a rape victim. I'm going to fucking talk about it. I don't keep things quiet. And I didn't really get to explain to her why because uh, it was such a quick like interaction. But And I don't owe anyone the explanation. But I think I was talking to you about it later on. And I was like, um, fuck no. Like I'm glad I talk about it because I've helped people. Um, especially because, you know... A whole I don't remember if you remember but like in middle school I was like taunted about it by a mm-hmm. certain um, bully that I had that I won't name because you know I don't really judge people like my story today I don't really judge people on their past actions um, yeah you were shitty but we become different when we're adults and this was you know 20 something years ago but um, he went around telling people um, that I loved having sex with my father and that I was like a father fucker and all that like really stupid shit that just like bothered me but um, and like really like shook my core like I even was thinking about like killing myself at one point I tried to and I took like a whole bunch of sleeping pills and I was passed out for like almost two days before I came to like I'll never do that shit again but it was stupid of me um but then when I started talking about it with other people because we were in a lot of groups together um one of the main ones that we were in was in high school um that no place for hate I don't know if you remember that and I actually had two people um one made me really sad uh come up to me and talk to me because I was so open about what happened to me and they I'm not going to say who obviously because I want to keep them anonymous, but they're telling me that they were sexually being assaulted by their stepfather and they didn't know how to talk about it. And now, and especially now, like, um, cause it started when she was younger and now she's, you know, a teenager and she's, I think she was like 16 at the time and she didn't think anyone would believe her. And I was like, it's never too late. Um, I was like, I'm glad that mine ended when I was at, uh, when I was nine years old. Cause it started when I was like practically born and ended when I was nine but if I didn't say something to someone it, who knows it probably could have still been continuing and I probably wouldn't be the person that I am today affecting the lives of people that I affected today um and I feel like I'm stronger for it um so that's why I'm never like uh, like upset with people who didn't help me in the past because they couldn't really control it anyways um even though the signs were there um and you know, a lot of that goes into also it was the past. It was in the 1990s, so uh, early 2000s. But uh, yeah, that just kind of bothered me. But yeah, no, I'm not going to keep quiet about anything. And I'm always here too if anyone wants to talk to me. They can email us or reach out. I mean, we like our own stuff. So you'll see my name, Christine Barnes, <laughs> on Facebook or whatever. And you can always message me separately. But yeah, that kind of bothered me, and I just wanted to talk about it on here officially because I know I talked about it with you, but um, 
I just wanted to clear that. Sorry, I brought the mood down. No, <laughs> you're just fine, bothered you're fine. me. I'm just letting you have your space for yeah. the moment because that's definitely a heavy subject that you deserve yeah. to talk about if you want to talk about it. And also lets our listeners know that you're here. Yeah. And you are a survivor of that sort sort of So I talk about situation. it sometimes with my friends, yes. I always okay. I know people are probably gonna hate me for this, but um I base like if I had to explain myself to someone, I base how I um what is it called? Deal with situations like Chandler from Friends. I joke about things that are shouldn't be joked about. But that's just how I cope with things. I have been through tons of freaking therapy, and I will probably continue when I feel like going again. Um, but right now, my coping mechanism a lot is humor. So if y'all hear me like joking about stuff, that's just for me. If you take offense to it, you can always, you know, I, I try not to like hit that borderline. But I'm usually joking about myself, not others. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I'm always here. So talk, if you want to talk. Even you, you know, you never know. <laughs> that shit happens. No, that's completely fair. Thank you for letting us know and our listeners understand that this subject that you bring up occasionally is definitely an important subject that we don't want to hide. Yeah. That you don't want to hide specifically. And, and you do cover, you know, true These crime. are actual victims of this. And yeah, and there's people like my last story... Mm-hmm. Um, with um, Carla Homolka and Paul Bernard, that they he was a serial rapist. So we do cover obviously rape victims and rapists, um, and in general, victims of sexual yeah. Assault. And in general, when you talk about subjects, or at least I do, you kind of find like um, a way to uh, what's that word like? Um, what is that word? Were you? kind of uh find mm, like a way to um fit with your story a way to like um it's like it's on the tip of my tongue not collaborate um i don't know i can't think of the word right now but you kind of like join like when you're reading about a certain subject that's happened to you you Mm -hmm. tend to um not fuse the two but kind of relate yes you relate to the story yeah. in a certain sense? Yeah. Okay. So if I ever bring it up, it's usually with those kind of cases. just want to bring that to attention. But anyways, on a lighter note, um, I had some fun facts for today. You said you had some yes. fun facts? Yes. I read a little bit to stuff today, um, so I'm going to pick the ones that I didn't talk about. Um, but this comes from uh, National Institute of Environmental Health Sciences. So these are just going to be some silly little fun facts and maybe even possible trivia questions in the future Ooh. if y'all guys play trivia. Um, maybe we could even do something like that. <laughs> See how smart we are. Because <laughs> when I was reading these, I was like, oh my God, really? And then there's a few that I said and stuff's like, oh yeah, yeah, I know that. <laughs> I'm like, of course you do. Yeah, the tiger one. one, I knew that one. Yeah. Because I go to the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> the tiger one was that tigers have stripes on their skin too, not just their fur, which I thought it was just their fur. And he was like, no, I knew that because I, I did a zoo. <laughs> I'm a cat person. 
And then I told them on their first one here, it says it's impossible for most people to lick their own elbows. And, uh, and it says in parentheses, try it. And we all did. And we all failed. <laughs> <laughs> so if you can, send us a video to deeper in the dark. And at prove Gmail. it. Yeah, we need proof. Okay. So first one is, it is physically impossible for pigs to look up into the sky. Which um, kind of makes sense because they don't really have necks per se. They're really like chunky. Mm. I don't really I don't see how they can move their head all the way up but have you seen those TikToks of people asking farmers to lift their pigs up to look up to the sky oh my god no but I would totally do that you know I love animals I would do that for you um fun fact if you sneeze too hard you could fracture a rib I knew I know you can die from sneezing and coughing oh, really the only one I know is the one I told you where my friend's blood vessel popped in her eye when she tried to hold it. <laughs> Let me get my flip phone so you can see. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, look at it. Um, did you know, like, fingerprints, everyone's tongue print is different. Yeah. So that's a fun fact, too. If you're out there murdering people they and you lick something, <laughs> they'll know. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> Damn, damn. Don't just wipe your fingerprints away or wipe, wipe your, your tongue, tongue marks. Too. <laughs> but I saw that. I was like, ew. Did you know rubber bands will last longer when you refrigerate them? Who decided this? <laughs> I don't know. Like, Who you know tested what? these? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to just put this in my refrigerator. <laughs> I know. I know the whole, what is it though? I don't know if it's true. I, I kind of feel like it's a wife's tale, but if you throw your batteries in the freezer, it recharges them. I've heard that too, and I will say, I used to put my batteries in the I did freezer, <laughs> but I don't think it made a difference. I think I'm I'd gonna be f- honest. In reality, I forgot about them, and then I'm like, yeah. and then I didn't throw them away. <laughs> yeah, ditto. Um, I don't know if this one's true, but it is on this website, and it's a .gov website. So, um, almonds are a member of the peach family. Really? Yeah. I thought they were a member of that the makes sense though, because there is cyanide inside peaches a little bit. And what do you make cyanide out of? Almonds. Hmm. I would know that because I listen to a lot of true crime. Yeah, I'm about to say. <laughs> and that's why when you boss. get, that's why if you smell like suspicious um, things, like when somebody around, when somebody's dead or like around the cookies or something, mm-hmm. you're like, I smell almonds. And But what's crazy is also there's so few people who can smell almonds. Yeah. Scent of almonds because it's a certain thing. Only certain people can smell almonds. It's crazy. Yeah, I also heard that. Um, I forgot what I heard it from, but uh, it could also mask the smell of certain. Um, um, what do you call them? Drugs that people can drink. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Well, I don't interesting. Know. Um, did you some. hear about this? Oh, right. <laughs> Let's go. Did you hear about that story about? Um, I forgot, I think it was Wine and Crime, where they were talking about this lady that was, like, giving out batches of poison to women to poison their husbands with, Mm-mm. and it was, like, a village, and she was making, um... That's smart, though. Almond <laughs> batches of cyanide, and she was giving it to these ladies, and they were going to get this special tea or something or sorts, and there was, like, 95 bodies or something, just... Jeez. Mm-hmm. And then there is this other lady using fly paper, like, you know, the catch the sticky yeah. paper to catch flies, boiling that and making a poison out of that. I oh, gosh. That. that just sounds gross because it already stinks. I know. I'm just imagining right now because I've That's smelled it. it. Especially, have you smelled those fly catchers in a bag? Oh, my God. So 
so gross. <gasps> another but they the- work. <laughs> another theory I want to try is, you know how they say put water in a bag above a door to keep flies from flying into your house? Do they? I've heard it and I've seen it above Sonics and like the ghetto parts oh. of towns. Shoot, I'm going to try that. I just don't know how I'd hang it because everything on my trailer is flat. I do have the awning, but it's down right now because of the wind. I mean, mm. it's put away. Magnet, maybe? Maybe. I'm going to have to. Oh, Invest I wonder if the outside magnet. is magnet. I'm going to test that tonight. A <laughs> um, couple more. Uh, the giant squid has the largest eyes in the world. Interesting. Yeah. And then last one, which I knew this Even one. compared to the whale? Yeah, that's what it says on here. This cool. is a .gov website. My bad. So my bad, I don't know. But I'm pretty sure the government wouldn't lie to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't hold your breath on that one. <laughs> and then last one is, and I knew this one, most people fall asleep in seven minutes. Bitch, takes me like... It takes me about like, two hours. <laughs> 40 like body turns, three pillows to hug, like 10 fans on, and like two sacrifices. I'm like two sacrifices. Of delicious goats. Just kidding. <laughs> of delicious farts. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I cannot with you. And I also have a fun fact for you. Ooh. I found this one. I forgot where I got it from. I will cite it later. Anyways. Um, chimps don't attack to kill, believe it or not. When they do like get rowdy and crazy. Chimps. Instead, they aim for the genitals, face, and fingers. And will leave the opponent alive. Hmm. There have been many people who have owned chimps who have turned on their owners and left them incredibly disfigured. One case, the chimp chimp ripped a man's junk off. In all cases, their faces of the victims were mutilated and fingers were chewed off. It's pretty much how they instinctively fight in the wild. So if you think that chimp is going to be a cute pet, better think twice. Even if you raise it since it was born, they'll turn on you at any second. A disfigurement roulette waiting to happen. Vile that's creatures. How I, that's how I feel about anybody who has any kind of exotic pet. I mean, I have a bunny, and that's considered an exotic pet, but honestly not to me. Your bunny's just very judgmental. <laughs> yes. And she'll tell me when she's mad by thumping, and then she'll grab whatever it is I put in there, and she tosses it. She and I'm like, oh, you don't want that celery? No, bitch, I want the raspberries. Go back and get it for me. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> just side eye. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my fun fact. I thought it was really, really interesting. And I was, gory. I always thought, like, the chimp would, like, beat the fuck out of you. Yeah. Or, or done, like, this, like, pool hair like, thing. Like, I, I got, I knew the face thing, because I've heard that story of that old lady who cared for her chimps, but then she got attacked randomly. Her face was ripped off, and she was just dead. But I always thought they, like, ripped her face off from, like, cutting, scratching, and beating the shit. I didn't know they, like, chewed at her face and went for the genitals. That's that's crazy. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, I won't be keeping a chip as a pet, but that's a fun fact to know. Yeah. So, I mean, is it really fun? That's an interesting fact to know. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It's definitely... Is it fun? No. Is it interesting? Yeah. I don't think... Uh, face dismemberment and mutilation is a fun fact. <laughs> but I apologize for that comment. But it's an interesting fact. Yes, 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 yes. Well, <clears throat> I don't know how to, to... Usually I have something fun to go from that to my story. But um, the only thing I could say is the person I'm talking with today is 
small, like child, like a chimp is small. <laughs> so moving on. <laughs> oh my goodness. Speaking of evil, little things. Yes. <laughs> there we go. By a little creature. <laughs> By a little creature. Um. <clears throat> so on today's episode, episode eight. Ocho Excito. Ocho <laughs> Excito. <laughs> Which oh, Laura's gonna what? kill me for saying that. What is it? So I wanted to bring to light that not all killers are adults. Because I've mostly just been talking about killers that are adults. Mm-hmm. In this case of an 11-year-old named Mary Bell and her friend, 13-year-old Norma Bell, no relation, mm-hmm. uh, we see children are capable of evil too. What started off as just petty theft with the girl girls grew to be much worse. Living in Scottsdale, Mary was born May 26, 1957 in Newcastle, England to an Elizabeth McCricket who went by Betty. And uh, don't ask me why. I don't know why her nickname was Betty. I just thought that was interesting. <laughs> um, Mary's mother, Betty, did not want her since the beginning. She even tried to give her child away, but family family members always intervened. Mm-hmm. Witnesses have even seen Betty throw Mary out the window when she was a baby, causing Jesus. I know causing her to have a traumatic brain injury. Yeet. Honestly, <laughs> when I read that, that's what I imagined. Whoop. <laughs> oh. She even gave her handfuls of sleeping pills, but Mary survived the overdosing. Yes. I know. Well, I can't talk shit. Didn't they used to give like whiskey and cigarette well, smoke and bottles for babies to go to sleep? The whiskey was for toothaches. Yeah, teething, yeah. right? But it's I don't still like liquid ass, like gasoline practically. No, she did this because she didn't want Mary. Oh. She didn't want a child. It wasn't for anything for her benefit. <laughs> no, it gets worse. So like trigger warning, guys. <laughs> um, <sighs> Betty was a dominatrix and a prostitute. When Mary turned four, she started selling her child to do oral sex until she was a little older. Her mom then let men do things to her. Mm-hmm. And mind you, when we talk about her, she's 11 when she gets committed for these crimes. So she was still a baby when her mom pretty much sold her for prostitution. Um, in 1968, Mary's neighbor was Norma Bell. Again, no relation. Just coincidence. The kids began to become best friends, but they brought out the darker side in each other. Starting on May 11th, when Mary's three-year-old cousin, John Best, where the girls say they found him, that he tripped and hit his head, and they took him to a local pub to get help. Because, uh... Just a backstory for Scottsdale. Um, everybody there, crime is high, and everybody's a drunk pretty much. Mm. And it's like the lower worker class. Um, not everybody really cares, um. and children are running around. So it's like chaotic. And parents don't usually care what their kids are doing. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like small town here. Mm-hmm. But, um. So the, we're <laughs> our neighborhood. <laughs> right. Uh, the girl's story sounded made up, and John did not tell who pushed him. And again, he was three years old, so you get it. Kids don't really tattle like that all the time, especially when they get threatened or something by someone older. Um, the next day, there was another incident with a seven-year-old 
Her name was Pauline Watson. The girl's mother calls authorities and tell them that one of the two girls tried to strangle her daughter. Since there were marks on her neck, the girls were given warnings. So they took it serious-ish. Social workers were already seeing Norma since she was one of 11 children in her family for financial assistance. But with Mary, however, social services were involved with her because of the work her mother did as a prostitute. And also, Mary's stepfather, Billy Bell, was always on police radar for getting into trouble. He was also a drunk. So he was already starting fights and stuff and all that. On May 25th, 1968, three young boys came across an unsettling scene. The boys were near an abandoned house where they came across the body of a four-year-old named Martin Brown. The scene did not look like a struggle had occurred, and the only thing that looked strange was an empty pill bottle, but police didn't suspect foul play. Nothing was found on his autopsy, and his death was ruled an accident. At the same time, Mary and Norma went to Martin's mom and knocked on the door, and they asked his mother, and at this time she already knew her son was dead because Mm -hmm. um, they, like, told her. Oh, when, yeah, it happened. And it was at the same time that they were doing the autopsy and stuff on his body. Oh, okay. Um, They asked the mother if they could see him, and when she told the girls that he was dead, they replied, we know, we want to see the body in the coffin. The mother didn't think much of it and sent the girls away. She was just like, oh, kids are just curious. She didn't really think, like... But little did she know that at the time, these two girls, Mary and Norma, were responsible for her son's death. In school, Mary's class did a news journal, and in her journal, she talked about Martin's body being found and even drew pictures, things only the person committing the crime would know about, including drawing pills that may have been taken um, and talking about the workmen who found his body. Uh, So the way that she wrote it out, because you can kind of see it, it was like they waited behind the building in a little crack and watched the little boys find go get help watch the workmen come um so like a saturday night program for them yeah pretty much she was just watching everything unfold wow and then she relayed it all in the journal even stuff that wasn't released both the girls were watching right yeah do that oh wow and um she stated let's see Things including the drawing that fell on the body. It got stranger at the school because notes began to show up stating the writer killed, like whoever was writing the notes said, I killed Martin Brown. And it was written in children's handwriting. This uh, Around the same time, the two girls broke into the school's nursery where Martin went. They trashed the whole place and wrote on the walls. They put curse words and stated they killed and will kill again. And they actually were caught when the alarms went off and, and they got arrested. The girls did. This all was taken as the girls were messing around and no evidence could put both girls at the scene of Martin's death, which was ruled still an accident. So they were let off. They weren't even like, well, I'll get the kids, but they weren't even in trouble for doing writing the curse words or doing all that. They were just like, oh, there's just kids. Months later, a three-year-old named Brian Howe went missing. 
when the mother went looking for her son, because back then even the three-year-olds could go run and play. But he's supposed to be home at a certain time. Like, you know, back in the country days, um, we don't do that much anymore. But I know growing up that when the street light came on, your ass better be home. Mm-hmm. So he had kind of the same rule. He didn't come home. So the mother went out looking for her son because he didn't come home. She even started looking and asking. She went up to Mary and Norma and asked them. Which I thought was strange. I was like, why directly for them? But what I'm thinking is maybe they were around the scene around their body watching the mom. I think they liked that, like seeing how the family reacted to what they've done. And then the mother saw them and she was like, Diano? Mm. Mm-hmm. And they started like telling her like, oh, maybe he's here. Maybe he's there. Uh, pretending to help her. So the police got involved in a few hours. Could you imagine getting pulled around by these little girls? I know. So a few hours later, um, the police, you know, were uh, involved at that point, and they found his body, and he was clearly murdered. His body was covered in long grass and weeds as if someone tried to cover the body. And even the investigator said it looked like um, a little kid trying to hide something that they did, because it literally was like weeds they pulled out of the grass and grass itself, and they were just trying to cover the body, and it was terrible. And on the child... It looked like the boy was strangled to death by a child because of the handprints were so tiny. And to investigators, it looked more experimental than violent. Like they were trying out new stuff or whatever. Um, his body was cut up. What looked like originally was carved an in in his torso. Um, turned, it had like a new mark like they went and they looked at the body and they figured out that yes they wrote an N first and then like an hour later or so they made another cut to make it look like an M. So I N for normal story and M the for Mary in his stomach. Yeah. Right, you said. Yeah. I read this in middle school. Mm-hmm. I forgot it though. Wow. It wasn't until Brian's funeral where an investigator saw Mary smiling and giggling that he realized something was wrong. When he pulled into question Mary and Norma, they both denied killing Martin or being near him at the time of his death, but they both agreed they saw Brian the day he died. At one point, Mary expresses that Norma actually strangled Brian. Now, both girls were arrested on August 7th, uh, 1968, for the death of both young boys, Martin and um, Brian. Now, Norma then starts describing to authorities how Mary pinched Brian's nose and began turning purple and tried, uh, he was trying to push Mary's hand away. And then Norma claims that she left while Brian was still alive, that she was just like horrified at what she, and disturbed by what she was seeing. But investigators don't think that Norma was really disturbed by what was happening because she returns with Mary to the body to mark the body. And then the uh, investigators said they found a pair of scissors and a razor blade that was found by Brian's body. And during investigation, when they're talking to Mary, um, she even comments about a razor blade and she says, it says Gillette on it. And no one else knew that. So they knew that Mary was there. That was like the only real evidence they had that Mary identified one of the 
things that they used to mark on his body. During the trial, because they were arrested August 7th, during the trial, December 5th, 1968, same year, Norma insisted Mary killed both boys, but Mary said they killed one each. And a neighborhood parent started telling investigators that Mary was always choking their children. And then Norma's own father said that his daughter was mentally underdeveloped and just followed Mary's lead. So she couldn't have done any of this. She was just being told what to do mm-hmm. by Mary. So Norma ended up being innocent. She was found innocent. And Mary was found guilty. She was too young for prison, Mary. So she was sent to a reform school where she was the only female and she was raped not only by one member of staff, but by fellow students, the boys who went there continuously. Um, And she was labeled as, quote, evil, so no one cared. That's what they said in the interviews. And during that whole time, she would write to her mom. She would draw her pictures, um, you know, trying to get her to come visit her and stuff. Her mom actually ended up selling all of the letters and pictures um, for money, and she stated that it paid well. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. When Mary got a little older, she begged her mom to go to the courts and tell them what was happening to her. She was still being constantly raped and beaten in this place. And um, Betty refused and told her to keep the letters coming. That was her response. And this is all coming from Mary during an interview with this girl who did the book. Um, I forgot the name of it, but this is all statements from her of what happened to her uh, during her interview, which I'll state in the comments where I got it from, but it's from um, um, a website where they cover not only what happened in the trial, but afterwards. Um, So... Well, when um, she was too busy chasing out on her, not sorry, not chasing. She was too busy um, making money off her daughter to help her. And at 16, Mary was finally moved to a prison. She was considered an adult now by England standards. And on May 14th, 1980, she's now 23. Mary was released from Askham Grange Prison in York. Um, and she was considered safe for society, but she was released with lifetime probation. At the beginning, the courts did offer her anonymity, but she refused it, saying she deserves what she gets. Because at this point, she's a broken human. She just went through 12 years of being raped and abused, pretty much. And she's only was in prison out of that school for maybe, what, 16 to 23? Seven years. So mm. the majority of it was being literally beaten and raped and you're literally a child yourself Mm -hmm. um however two years later she ends up getting pregnant with whoever she was with at the time they don't talk about it and she even had a daughter and unfortunately her daughter was born may 25th the anniversary of martin brown's death so when they found that out um the whole town was because she was still living in the town Scottsdale. She had to go. She was scared for her life and her daughter's. 
So it was then that she asked the courts for anonymity and she wanted to keep her daughter safe from the people who hated and threatened her daily. Mary and her daughter disappeared for 14 years until the tabloids tracked her down and then Mary now had to face telling her daughter, who is now 14, everything that happened, which her daughter was mortified. She went from being a happy-go-lucky kid because her mom tried really hard to keep her, like, happy and things that she didn't get, you know? Give her and now her childhood. world is just crushed around her. And tabloids are there now, too. Oh, my yeah. goodness. So, after she had to tell her everything that happened, they now had to start over again and rebuild their lives, changing their names and disappearing again. And then when Mary welcomed a granddaughter into this world at age 51, she went to the courts one last time to grant her daughter and granddaughter immunity for the remainder of their lives, and it was granted. We only know there are lives somewhere out there. Um, the daughter and granddaughter, we don't know who they are or the name is. But the biggest thing about this crime that still like stump investigators was the motivation behind them and the question of nature versus nurture which one had a play in it and what caused these two little girls to murder and can children who murder change later in life so what do you think knowing everything that's happened to Mary Bell and how what happened to her life afterwards what do you think about it (sighs) At such a young age, I feel like it's possible with enough therapy and um, of that sort. But I mean, I'm, I'm, it's hard to say because, I mean, if you think about it, she also dealt with very, very grotesque situations outside of the murder in her own childhood like without therapy when she was younger so what i'm taking from it is remember her mom was a um a gross bitch yeah she did um dominatrix and prostitution stuff so she would have to be there in the room and usually perform stuff as well or have these men like choke her and stuff and she would see she was acting what she was saying choking guys because remember the only victims were guys Mm -hmm. or two little boys she felt like so I feel like that was her way. You know how kids mimic? Emulate, emulate what their parents yeah. do? So she was doing that. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, it makes and, sense. And even the investigator said this was more experimental than it was like malicious. Like they weren't actually going and trying. Have... And considering she's a kid, she doesn't know how long somebody can do a lung capacity. Like how yeah. long they can Because she sees so these guys being fine. Holding their breath for. Until they, you know, come. Or whatever. So she's like, well, let's see what this kid can do. Or something of the sort. Yeah. I mean, not to say that that poor boy is... Yeah, nothing against the... That poor little baby. But, like, it's... It's very... How do you say? It's a very sensitive situation that you have to tiptoe through. And at that time frame, what was it? 1968? There's... I mean, who's really going to waste... I mean, come on, we're in this society of that's still brand new where we're starting to actually pay attention to people and bullying. Mm-hmm. I mean, back then, who gives a shit? At then, who gave a shit? And here's the thing. Social services, let's talk about their government. Social services knew 
what kind of environment she was in. Mm-hmm. Her mom is a prostitute. Prostitute. Um, That's an immediate like. Oh, we don't give a shit now. Yeah, your dad is a or stepdad's your dad's an angry drunk, <laughs> and people in the neighborhood are saying that you're acting out and you're doing these things and you're physically getting arrested for petty larceny, um, breaking thing. You're acting out. You are literally telling people help me in your own kind of way. Mm-hmm. So in a way, I feel bad for her. But the big thing that I took away from what I the YouTube channel thing I was watching. Um, is they asked the family members of Martin, mm-hmm. um, is it Martin? Yeah, Martin. How they felt about the fact that they gave anonymity to her and her daughter, and they responded with, "I feel disgusted by it. I'm angry by it. There's no re- like she should not be able to hide. Like she should be forced to face um, what she's done." And the um, person interviewing said yeah but what about her daughter and then the family was just like well what about our brother like it was just like back and forth so i get it to a point um like i understand both sides and it's so difficult because she was a child and i feel like even just so you know because they said it in the in the interview when they i told you i thought it was so strange that they sat down with children and their parents and they're asking them questions and they said, they asked the um, parents, what age do you think um, kids should be tried as an adult for crimes? And they were mostly just talking about like... In general. In general, like crimes. And they were like, um, 15, 16, they should be adults. Okay. And then they said, okay, what do you think about parents? And this is a thing that stuck with me too, because her mom... I believe her mom had a big part to play in her life choices. She literally, your kids are molded by you. Mm-hmm. And sorry. you're fine. And um, I think to a certain extent, the mom should have been found accountable for her daughter's actions as well. She is freaking 11 and she's doing stuff that, not only that, but like the things you've put your daughter through is disgusting. But and I know nothing was done right. Like she was charged for nothing of the no. sort. They were just like, "Oh, well, your mother made you do that, but that was in the past." No, it's like he said. She said, "Like there's no real proof." But um, they go on to talk about it, and the legal age that they can try uh, kids for murder is ten. Wow. They just can't go to prison. They go to the reform schools until they're of age sixteen. Then they go to prison. And I was just like, damn. I've heard this case before when I read it in middle school, and I think another podcast did it. And But um, I think they were asking a very similar question, too. How do you feel about kids? And they also said that's a very weighted um, question because, one, you don't want to dismiss the victims. Yeah. But, two, when the person in question is also a victim it's of the of, of another circumstance you're kind of like where's the line between such and such and it's like yes you can't hold you have to hold them accountable but also you have to understand they're doing such things based off of certain like you said nurture versus yeah. nature and it's like if she started up again i would have been like 
Oh no! Oh, when she was twenty-three, bunny. when she was released, she talks about it. She had so much remorse from what happened. She remembers everything that happened when she was a kid. Did they say what happened to the other girl? No. Just faded into yeah anonymity. I don't know. I don't even know if she got that, but she was found innocent. So I think they all chucked it down to Mary made you do it. That's what I'm thinking. But I'm going to talk about it in another episode. But this reminded me a lot of um, Gypsy Rose case. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I felt the same way. I feel like, even though she's a little bit older, your parents, I feel should be held responsible to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Especially if they're abusing you in whatever way. I don't think her mom should have gotten away with... I think she should have been tried to. Maybe not of murder, but of um, neglect of some sort. Because this is your daughter. And she would only be doing this for a certain reason. Um, and I feel like... She was very big about saying, like, my mom. But also, this, you have to. That. I mean, I know it's the 19 whatevers, but also, those parents have to be held accountable, too, for letting their child, their children go out by themselves and be back by a certain time. I get it. It's a certain time. It's another time frame. But what do you expect to happen? They don't have someone there watching them. Not that I want mm-hmm. you to be the helicopter mom or dad and following your kid everywhere, but it's like you have to understand things can happen in five seconds. Yeah. It's like if you I don't sure, think those three year old boys should have been out playing around. Exactly. They should be inside under being But they weren't watching. like we are now. Exactly, I get it. But it's like parents watch their kids like hawks. I get it's when a younger. time frame, but also it's like you can't hold somebody to a certain um accountability if you aren't willing to take accountability for you not being there in that situation. Granted, it's not possible or feasible for you to be there consistently but if that kid was somewhere where you knew where they at because i mean these parents didn't know where these kids were going if you knew where your kid was at you could have found them sooner at least yeah but it's like i don't know i there's a lot of things that are just so wrong with that whole situation and it's like you can't throw everything on those on either of those little girls granted it did happen but also it's like you you kind of have to take what you get also at that situation. But do you believe that children, when they've done, you know, despicable things when they're younger, like murder, mm-hmm. can they change as adults? Considering they're still developing, yes. That's what I believe too. And I think that's one of the things that they struggled it's, with. Chi- children are too underdeveloped to form a sense of... Well, that was the thing, too. One of the questions was, they asked, do you know the difference between what is right and what is wrong? And one of the kids, no one wanted to really talk, and one of the kids said, not really. I get told what I do is wrong, but I don't know why. And I think that's a big thing about kids. And they brought it up to the adults, the parents. They said, we really should be working on why we're saying, no, this is not right. Otherwise... uh, and that's when one of the parents said, yes, I feel like parents of children, they are molding their child to be a person in society. Mm-hmm. They have a big part to play in it, a big role, because kids are still, like you said, molding. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think that Mary's mom, Betty, 
should have also been held accountable. Exactly. And so when you ask me, they're like, do you feel that a kid can change or um, move past mentally or like make that hurdle or some sort? Yes, I do believe that they can if they're at a younger age. If they're fully developed, like they're... If, the, if she murdered at 23? Yeah, it's like... No, no you're a murderer. Good. Who's yeah. that one girl that killed her boyfriend? No. Yeah. That killed her boyfriend in the shower and took pictures before... And it was like a big thing. She was like the, she was like the pretty girl or something. I forgot her name. It's like a recent thing they did, and they did a whole documentary on it. And she was like, "Where's this documentary on?" So I'm gonna look it up. I think it's on Netflix. Hmm. I don't know. I'm gonna have to look into it. But I mean, holy shit, that was a lot. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even say it's a sensitive subject. I mean, now that I think about it, it's kind of easy. Yes, kids can develop themselves. Yeah, I mean, I, as I, they're growing, they will develop and grow and learn. There's their own, people who um, have to like they learn their themselves. own boundaries. Yeah, and a lot of people do have like absentee parents, neglectful parents, so they kind of you know learn to do things on their own. But they still learn from their environment, and her environment was not healthy. No, not even a little. Hell, an adult. And I don't think. Just a side note. I don't think that Norma should have gotten away with it. I think she should have had something. Whether it be like... Because she didn't come up and tell her parents or tell another adult or anything yeah, of the sort. She was there for it. She helped her cover the body. And it was a... He, it was a she said, she said. <laughs> Mary said this. Norma said that. But they were both there. We can't tell who And if did you're going to play the blame not. game, then you're both equally accountable. Yeah. Sorry. And if... And I know that the... Fa- I think the whole big thing about it was that the father was saying that... And he probably had paperwork to back it up or whatever, but was saying that Norma wasn't like fully developed or whatever mentally. Mary was physically abused as a child. She was even tossed out and has medical paperwork saying that she experienced brain trauma. So they're technically on the same page. Exactly. Wow. So. They're both equal. I just thought that was really crappy that that's why they um, dismissed Norma's part to play in it it's probably because he was a man and he said something what was that one case brock turner where his dad sent a letter into the court because uh to the judge of presiding over his whatever because he couldn't finish his steak dinner that night because he felt so bad that his son was gonna lose his face value or whatever for his colleges and whatnot and he couldn't even finish his steak dinner and it's like a girl got fucking raped yeah, I do remember that. I'm about to say the one where he raped that girl. Yeah, no, I remember that. And it's like I feel like it's a like a patriarchal thing. It's like oh well, the dad has information. She's got a healthy father figure, so she's must be fine. It's got to be the other girl. She doesn't have a dad. She's got a mom, and the mom has a history. Yeah. Same here. <sighs> so angry like i know especially like like i get like i never really talk about kids um in the sense of like killing i've always done adults because mostly what i am exposed to but when i was doing my um carla homoka case um one of the videos i saw on the side was about mary and I clicked on it, and I don't know what it was about it, but I immediately had to talk about it. Because I remember I texted you, and I was like, 
I already know what my next story is going to be. And you're like, damn, girl, you're not even done with this one. And I was like, I'm wrapping up Carla's story. And I just got like a little notification on the side of YouTube about this girl. I watched this video and I got to talk about her because it's insane. And I'm sure it's not. Okay, here's this situation. I, I know there's like other cases of kids that go into that whole ordeal of the same manner. Like they kill somebody and da 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 da. They go to juvie or something and then they come out and they continue it and whatnot. Would you say that context fits in the same thing or is it still an environmental thing? Oh, environmental. If Mary was actually sent to actual prison, mm-hmm. I mean, yes, she went to that reform school where she was brutally raped but and abused for whatever amount of years if she were to go to hard time prison and that's all she knew she would i don't think she would have been able to come back to society i think that it was good that she went to the reform school first before she went to prison because she was still super freaking young Mm -hmm. she was 11 she didn't go into prison until 16 it's kind of really fucked if you think about it because she had a really unhealthy lifestyle at home or environment at home and then she goes to reform school and yes she was raped consistently and that's just as unhealthy but she somehow managed to still say no I don't want whatever I want to I deserve this yeah I deserve which I think she was just so beaten down she's a victim herself in a case that she was just like so torn about also what she's done she was very distraught and upset and mortified by what she's done she was openly talking about it she remembers every moment of what happened every moment what happened to her the whole thing and she was like no I deserve everything that's going to happen to me but when she was pregnant, you know, well, you won't know because you won't have a child. Like, you won't birth a child. But um, I always hear that there's just this thing that happens when you're pregnant and you think to yourself, it's not just me anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what she, point that she got to. And she's like, I have to protect this little human. Mm-hmm. So that's when she was like, this girl or boy I'm about to have when she ended up having a daughter doesn't deserve this i might but she doesn't mm-hmm. so i think that's when she went to the court and was like we have to, you have to hide us like I mean, i'll take the um new life the new names and stuff like that try no upset the victim's family members um from what they said in the interview but at the same time in my opinion and i know it'll probably upset them um i feel like she is in a sense reformed i think she's good like for society i think she's very remorseful about what she did in the past we all do stupid shit when we're younger hers was just a way bit worse um but i think she got in her, her sense what she deserved like tenfold like she got more than most people get that get out early. And these are rich people. And Yeah. And these are just... Imagine the case difference. The boy who raped that girl. He got... I don't think he got anything. I think he got a slap on her wrist in some um, community, community service. service. Like a probation officer? Yeah. 
he wasn't sent to a reform school where he was raped for five years and then go to actual prison for another seven and then have people literally threaten your life for the rest of your life, hate on you. He had none of that. He went back to his normal life. Mm-hmm. Just food for thought. <sighs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for your story, Christina. Now I'm completely pissed off at everything. Oh uh-huh. my goodness. Join me. Ugh, my God, I'll be thinking about that for days. Should we take a break real quick? Yeah, I want tea. Okay, let's take a break. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to beat you to it because you always say oh it. Oh, and shit. And in here. <laughs> like, cut here. Yes. Um, I have guys, tea. We got the teas ready. Unfortunately, I didn't have any chamomile. So I have to do green tea. Green tea. We had to settle for green tea. Not that green tea is not bad. It's just it's not, what not I was my feeling. choice. I was feeling chamomile. Chamomile. It's my favorite. Ooh. You, you know like what chamomile? else I like? Earl Grey. That's my go-to. Ooh. My go-to is Earl Grey ever since um, my star-crossed lover introduced it to me i had someone introduce it to me as well yeah was it me no oh because we are star lovers. wait look at me uh-huh. oh yeah <laughs> star lover um yeah mine is um introduced it to me they were like i drink it because of my body aches and da 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 and it's the only thing that helps me feel better it was for me it was i if I wasn't drinking chamomile, I was drinking English breakfast tea. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know what tastes even better than English breakfast? Because he liked English breakfast too. Well, the, Or chai. I love chai too. But I haven't had chai in a little while. Huh? Are you giving too much away? No. Okay. But he was like, Earl Grey. And then I tried it and I was like, oh my god, this is good. It's like herby, but a good herby. Yeah. It's, I don't know, it's what I picture a wizard drinking. You know what I haven't tried yet? Which I'm like, why is this made? Um, pomegranate tea? Yeah, I don't want to fuck with the fruit. The only thing I fuck with is passion fruit tea. Have I had that? Yeah, remember I introduced it to you? When did we have It's that red one at my parents. Oh, yes, 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 yes. It's very, um, what's the word? Tangy? Citrusy. Citrusy, tangy, but it's good. I like it, but I can't handle too much of it or my stomach starts hurting, unfortunately. But um, it's a good flavor. Anyways, um, I guess it's my turn for my story. So for this tale this week, I felt I should talk about something a bit more modern. Okay. Yeah, you've been on the past for a while. Yeah. Maybe something new that's <laughs> happening right now. Now, this creature is... We are going back to Japan. Okay. Hop on my broomstick. We're going to Japan. Okay. Okay. Woo! It's very cool. Is it Godzilla? No. (laughs) (laughs) Low-key, should I cover the fucking monsters from... from, Japanese lore? What what are they called? The... the Uh, Titans? For their Titans? Or what are they... Koji, Koji, Ko, something. Whatever it is, yes. <laughs> Just cover them. <laughs> oh my god. So Mothra is my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I bring it up every time. Mothra is the bish. Queen of the monsters. Who's your favorite? 
Godzilla. <laughs> you like Godzilla? <laughs> Greg's favorite is Rodan. Really? Mm-hmm. The oh, fire demon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always liked him. I thought he was cool. He's. I like his newer design. He looks more... Well, I mean, I like the lava off his wings. He looks so cool. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> now, this creature is from Japanese urban legend. How does it taste? Good, but I just like burnt my lip. <laughs> you poured the water. Oh my goodness. So, I'm going to go ahead and cite my sources. I got my sources, or got my info, Shamarbet, from www.mysteriesrunsolved.com. Uh, mysteries unsolved, run solved. Mysteries. Well, I don't say run solved. No, it does say run solved. My bad. Okay. Mysteries. Wait, hold on. I might have added that R. Mysteriesunsolved.com. Yeah, I'm gonna sounds... check out that R. Yeah. Runsolved? The... That sounds unsolved. more better. Unsolved. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also got some from Wikipedia, believe it or not. I know, I shouldn't trust Wikipedia. Isn't that the one where people can write their own stuff? Yeah. Oh. But. I know, you need to stay away from that and Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to, going to Reddit. But um, I've been really good by not going to Reddit, except for that one with the black-eyed kids. <laughs> no, you did another one, too. Mm-mm. I only mentioned it oh, okay. for a quick second. I was going to bring up something, but then you were like, you need to stop. I'm like, fine, <laughs> I'll stop. But um, and I mean, also cold, hard facts, not opinions. <laughs> <laughs> My opinions and yours are the only ones that matter. Just kidding. Period. Um <laughs> Period. Oh, God. <laughs> he hates when I do that. Uh, I stick my tongue out, too. Uh, Period. <laughs> I just, like, cringe. <laughs> anyway, It gives me, like, teenage boy... Do- Remember in high school when they used to do the... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Chelsea and Paige do on their podcast? Yeah. Well, they used to do it in high school just oh, randomly. And it was, like... The school bus ride home was just ridiculous. And, uh, do it, do it, do, do it, it, do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. then we're just like, good job, bro. You're so funny. And, uh, oh, oh, oh. oh my God, me and you would just be there talking shit about people who are looking at our tarot cards. Tarot cards, Evanescence. <laughs> yeah. You know, the whole. Oh my God, remember when I got a, um, a CD player and we would listen to it on the, we would listen to Evanescence? Oh my goodness, that poor CD of yours got ran through by us. But here's the thing, I burned it, like it was a, like back in the day when I burned CDs. And then she burned me one too for Evanescence. And yeah, we used to burn CDs for each other. I mean, Amy Lee, if you were listening, we also bought the album as well later on, and your other one. Yeah, we supported you fully, (laughs) repeatedly. So, if we could afford it, we would have been to every concert. Exactly. <laughs> or at least one. <laughs> Remember when Warp Tour happened and Oz at Oz or not Warp Tour, um Ozfest and yeah. Evanescence was headlining with Corn and all those other other bands, I forgot who. And Philip went and he was like, Yeah, it was so cool seeing all those other bands and then I'm like, How is Evanescence? And he's like, They're okay. Yeah, I think um mm-hmm. I think I know someone who went too. And it was another story, but I was conscious about that. And it pissed me off. I'm like, so many of these people went to that concert and they... Well, I get it. You're a fan. But, like, come on. Come on. Give me something more than just... It was okay. Like, dude, I didn't get to go. Let me know. Explain. Tell me me what happened. Let me know what What happened. What did she wear? What songs does she play? 
and like they'd remember. Did she throw anything? At Just like when Lady Gaga came and was playing when she was doing her um, the Fame Monster Ball or something, mm-hmm. and this girl, my friend Jessica, you remember Jessica? Uh, mm-hmm. Long hair, glasses. She was like mm-hmm. a emo slash yeah. scene kid. She was very I high energy. Seeing her, I don't remember talking to her, <laughs> but um. She went to that concert, and this other gay kid that sat next to me in our class went to it, and they were talking about, yeah, we went to the concert, it was so cool, and I was like, what was their opening song? And they were like, I think it was, like, Just Dance. And it was weird, she played the song again for her third song, and it was Just Dance. I don't know. And then I'm like, why would she play it twice? And I googled it, and he was even agreeing, and he wore Lady Gaga stuff and whatnot, and he was like, yeah, it was Just Dance or whatnot. That was stupid. It pissed me off when I watched the fucking opening song. It wasn't just dance. It was dance in the dark. Dancing in the dark. And I'm like, <laughs> y'all fucking... Mm, y'all didn't deserve to go to that concert if you couldn't even tell the difference. Ugh. Sorry. I get heated. We would have been sitting there and just like singing every song. Exactly. I'm like, ugh. I think she played it twice. No, you dumbasses. Y'all just don't listen to all their songs except the hits that are on the radio. Have you ever been to a concert? Yeah. Which one? Emily Autumn. Oh my god, we went to that forever ago. <laughs> no, I, I don't even been... count that. <laughs> it was um, okay. Hey. No offense to her, she's amazing, but it was like a lower tier compared. Yeah, I haven't been to a big tier concert. I went to Imagine Dragons before I. Knew I wouldn't they were consider Imagine... that a concert. Listen, listen, listen. Before I even knew they were Imagine Dragons, I didn't even know who they were. But the people who opened in front of them gave me Paramore vibes, and I was in love with them. And then when they left and they played Imagine Dragons, I was like, oh, which they're okay. I only knew Radioactive. You were like, I didn't know they had closing acts. Yeah. <laughs> the people I went with are like belching these songs out. And the only one I knew was Radioactive. So when that came on, I was like singing, but I was just like, just um, vibe, kind of vibing. Yeah. I was back. like, I wish that like my first like real concert concert would have been one that I like absolutely love. Um, I know this is I'm not popular opinion to you, but like Sam Smith, <laughs> basically like uh, like or Adele, I would like die. I can understand Adele. She's she knows her voice range, her vocal range. Oh, she's amazing, and she's fucking hilarious. She would make me laugh and cry. I like how you sing. mentioned Adele and Sam Smith when Adele sounds like Sam Smith mm-hmm. and Sam Smith sounds like Adele. I've heard. <laughs> I've heard, I've heard that theory. I've listened to it, and yes, it does. Um, I've heard, well, we know it. what Christina likes. Mm-hmm. Um, for my first like big anything, concert, really. low key, I would if I had to choose for a concert. Oh my god, we're going off so bad of thing, but I'll just end it at this. Um, for my choice for a concert that I would choose would either obviously have to be either Evanescence, mm-hmm. Lady Gaga, Nightwish. Oh, yes. I do like them. Or, I have to because you already know my love for him, Rob Zombie. Oh, my God. Yes. Rob Zombie. Okay, if we do that, we have to get fucked up. (laughs) Like, I know you don't do drugs, but we got to do something. (laughs) You just have to. Oh, my God. And then, if they can, can they spray, like, fake blood on us? That would just... Be amazing. Oh, I'll just be throwing my titties everywhere. I oh ain't got God. none, but I'll be throwing titties everywhere. Me so. too. I'll be all like, I'm going to take my bra off and throw it at you, Rob. <laughs> just going <laughs> to. So, yeah. Um, Rob Zombie. Nightwish. Evanescence. Lady Gaga. 
I definitely would do a Gaga. I'll um, go Gaga for Gaga. Well, <laughs> I was watching her recent concerts and they're kind of nah compared to I would have done her. back in the, yeah. If I had to choose out of all her concerts, I probably would have done Fame either. Monster one. No, surprisingly, no. I would have actually have done Born This Way. Oh, yeah. I saw the, the music videos for, or the concert. I mean, she had the one. biggest so stage made yeah. in, for like that time. It's just crazy. Just, value. Yeah. Production is there. Well, anyways. Sorry, guys. I didn't mean to get off subject. But um, let me get to my story. I don't even know where we got, how we got there. But um. Yeah, I don't need here. Let's just continue. Yeah. This okay. tea is delicious. Is tea it? Sh- are you liking it? Yeah, we started off with Godzilla. I don't know how. how we we got, got into concert. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyways, okay. Japanese. Who are we talking about? Yes, in Japan, urban legend. So, I originally had heard of this creature. Oh, I'm sorry. And another source that I got it from is another podcast called Kawabana. Not Kawabunga, Kawabana. Oh my god, how'd you know that was in my head? Because I hear it all the time and I'm like, I feel like I hear it. Then I hear Bart Simpson and back in the day. Yes! Oh my god, stop. Get out of here. Get out of my brain. Anyways. We had the same childhood <laughs> with TV. Okay, so I originally heard this heard of this creature from another podcast called Kawabana. If you want some creepy stories that are translated from Japanese tales, like they're in Japanese, this person translates them word for word and gives it as best as they can to English, definitely check out Kawabana. Her stories, the person who runs this, are definitely creepy. Um, she's really good. She's she she is a vibe. I'm telling you, I was at work full daylight doing my job, listening to her. And I swear, I got, like, a full-body chill when she was telling me the story. And I was like, and I never get that. Excuse me. But, um, let me get started. The creature I'm referring to has a name. And it is named Hachishaku-sama. It's a mouthful. Otherwise known as the eight-foot-tall woman. Oh, giant woman. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever watched Steven Universe, but I, like, it's my favorite song is... I want to see a giant woman. Oh, I was thinking about Game of Thrones, where Tormund, where he's like, the big woman. (laughs) The big woman. Um, so, this creature is considered an Onryo. You already know about Onryos, like, Mm -hmm. the spirit from DVD. Yes. Or Sadako. The legend of Hachishaku-sama first came to light on August 26, 2008. When a very strange story was posted to a Japanese website by the username VFTYJTRNO or Zero. The storyteller describes a bizarre series of events in the post that started in their childhood around the year 1998. So this is how their tale goes. My grandparents lived in Japan. My parents would take me there during my summer vacation and winter breaks from school to visit them. It was a small yet beautiful village where I really enjoyed every time I went. My grandparents loved to play with me and they had a big backyard. I was their only grandchild so they never bothered me to have fun. But the last time I visited them was over 10 years ago. Now, when I was only 8 years old and was still in my third year of high school. After that, I didn't go there. To say, I can never go there. But why? Well, its answer is hidden in the following story. 
I remember, as usual, my parents booked a flight to Japan and we drove from the airport to the, my grandparents' house. When we arrived, my, bar- my grandparents welcomed me with open arms. They had a lot of little presents to give me. My parents wanted to have some time by themselves, so after a few days, they took a trip to another part of Japan, leaving me in the care of my grandma and grandpa. Mm, wow, wow. <laughs> um, so one day, I was playing out in the backyard. My grandparents were inside the house. It was still cold, but the white edge of the backyard was very warm and comfortable, and I was relaxing there on the fresh grass for a while. After that, I stared up at the clouds and enjoyed the feeling of the soft rays of the sun and the gentle breeze. Just as I was about to get up, po-po, po-po-po-po, I heard a strange sound. It wasn't a mechanical sound. It felt like a person was making it. It sounded like somebody was making the noise, po-po-po over and over again in a deep masculine voice but i didn't know what it was whatever i thought i found a straw hat on the top of the tall hedges of the garden that enclosed the backyard i didn't put that on the hedge the hat moved sideways and when it came to cut off the fence i saw a woman well the hat was worn by her that was when i realized who was sounding like po 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 The woman was wearing a white dress, but the height of the hedge was about eight feet. I was surprised at how tall a woman can put her head out over that hedge. The woman moved again and disappeared from sight. The hat was also gone. In addition, the strange sound of po-po-po was slowly, gradually lost, fading into the distance. At that time, I only thought that a tall woman was wearing an ultra-thick costume or a tall man wearing shoes with high heels dressed as a woman. Bewildered, I got up and wandered back into the house. My grandparents were in the kitchen drinking tea. (laughs) I sat down at the table and after a while, I decided to tell my grandparents what I had seen. I saw a tall woman just before. I wonder if a man was dressed as a woman. They weren't really paying attention to me. She was taller than the fence. Still, they were enjoying their tea and were talking to each other. She was wearing a hat and made a strange noise like po-po-po-po-po-po. The two stopped moving. As I spoke the noise, Grandma's eyes grew wide and she covered her mouth with her hand. Grandpa's face became very serious and he grabbed me by the arm. After that, he bombarded me with questions in his very serious voice. When did you see her? When did you see her? Where was she standing? How much taller over that fence was she? What did you do? Did you see her? I tried to answer all his questions as best as I could. He suddenly rushed out to the phone in the hallway and called somewhere. I couldn't hear what he was saying because the sliding door was closed. I looked over at my grandma and she was trembling. Grandpa finished the phone call, then came back into the room. It spoke something to my grandmother. I've got to go out for a while, he said. You stay here with the child. Don't take your eyes off him for a second. What's going on, Grandpa? I cried. He looked at me with a sad expression in his eyes, and he said, You've been liked by Hachi Shakusama. With that, he hurried out and got into his truck and drove off. I turned to my grandma and cautiously asked, Who's Hachi Shakusama? Grandpa will do something for you. You don't have to worry about anything, Grandma said in her trembling voice. 
As we sat nervously in the kitchen waiting for my grandfather to come back, she explained what was happening. She told me that there was a dangerous, nasty thing that was haunting the area. They called it Hachishakusama. In Japanese, Hachishakusama means eight feet tall, as the name suggests. It is about eight feet tall and it laughs in a very strange, like a man way. Popopo voice. It appears slightly different depending on who sees it. Some say it looks like a haggard old woman in a kimono, and others say it is a girl in a white funeral shroud. The things that never change are its tall height and its creepy laughter. Popopo. A long time ago, it was captured by monks and they managed to confine it in a ruined building on the outskirts of the village. They trapped, it, they trapped it using four small religious statues called Jesus that they placed at the north, south, east, and west of the ruins, and it wasn't supposed to be able to move from there. A long time ago, it was captured by... Oh, my bad. It's repeating. Somehow, it had managed to escape. The last time it appeared was 15 years ago. My grandmother said, whomever the eight feet tall woman sees will die within a few days. It all sounded so crazy, I wasn't sure what to believe. After that, Grandpa came back with an old woman. She introduced herself as Kesan and handed me a small crumbled piece of parchment saying, Here, take this and hold it. Then she and Grandpa went upstairs to do something. I was left alone in the kitchen with my grandmother again. I needed to go to the toilet. Granny followed me to the bathroom and wouldn't let me shut the door. I was beginning to get really frightened by all this. After a while, Grandpa and Kesan took me upstairs and brought me into my bedroom. The windows were covered in newspaper and lots of ancient runes had been, runes had been written on them. There were small bowls of salt in all the four corners of the room, and a small Buddha, Buddha statue had been placed at the center of the room on top of a wooden box. There was also a bright blue bucket. What's the bucket for? I asked. That's for you to pee and poo, Grandpa replied. Mm. Then Kaysan sat me down on the bed and said, Soon, the sun will be setting, so listen carefully. You must stay in this room until tomorrow morning. You must not come out under any circumstance until 7 o'clock tomorrow morning. Your grandmother and your grandfather will not speak to you or call you until then. Remember, do not leave the room for any reason until then. I will let your parents know what is going on. She spoke in such a grave tone that all I could do was quietly nod my head. You have to follow Kaysan's instruction to the letter, Grandpa told me, and never let go of that parchment she gave you, and if anything happens, pray to Buddha and make sure you lock this door when we leave. They walked out into the hallway, and after saying goodbye to them, I closed the bedroom door and locked it. I turned on the TV and tried to watch, but I was so nervous. I felt sick to my stomach. Grandma had left some snacks, sweets, and rice balls for me, but I couldn't eat them. I felt like I was in prison and was very depressed and scared. I lay down on the bed and waited. Before I knew it, I was asleep. When I woke up, it was just after 1 a.m. All of a sudden, I realized that something was tapping on the window. Tap, tap. Tap, tap, tap. I felt the blood draining from my face and my heart skipped a beat. I desperately tried to calm myself down, telling myself it was just the wind playing tricks or maybe the branches of a tree. I drank a sip of tea to calm me down. But after all, I was so scared I started to watch the TV with a loud sound to drown out the tape tapping noise. Eventually I stopped it stopped altogether. 
That was when I heard my grandpa's voice. Are you okay in there? He asked. If you're scared, you don't have to stay in there all alone. I can come in and keep you company. I smiled and rushed over to the open door. To open the door. But then I stopped in my tracks. I had goosebumps all over my body. It sounded like Grandpa's voice, but somehow it was different. I couldn't tell what it was, but I just knew. What are you doing? Grandpa asked. You can open the door now. I glanced to my left and a chill went down my spine. The salt in the bowls were slowly turning black. I backed away from the door. My whole body was trembling with fear. I fell to my knees in front of the Buddha statue and clutched the piece of parchment paper tightly in my hand. I just started desperately praying for help. Please save me from Hachishako-sama. I will. Then I heard the voice outside the door saying, Popo, 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 popo. The tapping on the window started up again. I was overcome by fear and I crouched there in front of the statue, half crying and half praying for the rest of the night. I felt like the long night would never end, but eventually it was morning. The time displayed in the desk watch was indeed 7.13 a.m. The salt in all four bowls was discolored to pitch black. Just in case I checked my watch, it was also 7.13. I cautiously opened the horrible door. Grandma and Kason were standing outside waiting for me with a worried face. When she saw my face, Grandma burst into tears. I'm so glad you're still alive, she said. I went downstairs and was surprised to see my father and mother sitting in the kitchen. There was a large black black van waiting in the driveway. Several men from the village were standing around it, pointing at me and whispering, that's the boy. The van was a nine-seater and they put me in the middle, surrounded by eight men. Kason was in the driver's seat. The man on my left looked down at me and said, you've got yourself in quite a spot of trouble. I know you're probably worried. Just keep your head down and your eyes shut. We can't see it, but you can. Don't open your eyes until we've got you safely out of here. Grandpa drove in front and my uh, my dad's car was following behind. When everyone was ready, our little convoy started moving. We were going fairly slow, around 20 kilometers an hour or maybe less. After a while, Kaysan said that this is where it gets hard and started muttering a prayer under her breath. That was when I heard the voice, Popo, popo, popo. I clutched the parchment Kason had given me tightly in my hand. I kept my head down, but at the time, I peeked outside. I saw a white dress fluttering in the breeze. It was moving along with the van. It was Hachi Chakusama. She was outside the window, but she was keeping pace with this. Then suddenly she bent down and peered into the van. No! I gasped. The man beside me shouted, Close your eyes! I immediately shut my eyes and as hard as I could and tightened my grip on the piece of parchment. Then the tapping began. Tap, tap. Tap, tap, tap. The voice became louder. Po, 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 po. There was tapping on the windows all around us. All of the men in the van were startled and on edge, muttering nervously to themselves. They couldn't see the eight-foot-tall lady, and they couldn't hear her voice, but they could hear the tapping on the windows. Kason started praying louder and louder until she was almost shouting. The tension inside the van was unbearable. After a while, the tapping stopped and the voice disappeared, fading gradually. Kason looked back at us and said, I think we're safe now. All of the men around me breathed a sigh of relief. The van pulled over to the side of the road and the men got out. They transferred me into my dad's car. My mother held me close and tears were running down her cheeks. Grandpa and my father bowed to the men and they went on their way. Kason came to the window and asked me to show her the piece of parchment paper she had given me. When I had opened my hand, I saw it had gone completely black. I think you'll be okay now, she said, but just to be sure, hold on to this for a while. She handed me a new piece of parchment. 
After that, we drove straight to the airport and Grandpa saw us safely on the plane. When we took off, my parents breathed a sigh of relief. My father told me, told me he had heard about the eight-feet-tall woman before. Years ago, his friend had been liked by her. The boy disappeared and was never seen again. My father said that there were other people who had been liked by her and lived to tell about it. They all had to leave Japan and settle down in foreign countries. They were never, never able to go back to their homeland. She always chooses children as her victims. They say it's because children are dependent on their parents and family members. This makes them easier to deceive when she poses as their relatives. He said the men in the van were all blood relatives of mine and that's why they had been sitting all around me and why my father and grandpa had been driving in front and in back. It was all done to try and confuse Hachishaku-sama. It took a while to contact everyone and get them all together, so that's why I had to be confined in the room all night. He further told me that one of the little Jesus statues, that the ones that were meant to keep her trapped, had been broken, and that's how she had escaped. It gave me chills. I was glad when we finally got back home. All of this happened more than ten years ago. I haven't seen my grandparents since then. I haven't been able to so much as set foot in the country. Afterwards, I would call them every few weeks and talk to them on the phone. Over the years, I tried to convince myself that it was just an urban legend, that everything that had happened was just some elaborate prank. But sometimes I'm not so sure. My grandfather died two years ago. When he was sick, he wouldn't allow me to visit him. He left strict instructions in his will that I wasn't to attend his funeral. It was all very sad. My grandmother called a few days ago. She said, she said that she had been diagnosed with cancer. She missed me terribly and wanted to see me one last time before she died. Are you sure, Grandma? I asked. Is it safe? It's been ten years, she said. All that happened a long time ago. It's all forgotten. You're all grown up now. I'm sure there won't be a problem. But but what about Hachi Shakusama? I said. For a moment, there was a silence on the other end of the phone. Then I heard a deep masculine voice. Po 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 Oh hell no. I just got chills. <laughs> <sighs> so this story of Hachi Shakusama appeared on the internet around two thousand eight on a website for uh, kids' scary stories and has become Japan's personal version of Slender Man. Mm. Yeah. Tall, lanky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being as its fame and popularity grew, popularity grew like wildfire, well, like wildfire, and it being an urban legend from the internet. Now, this may be an urban legend of sorts, and it's brand new and of the sort. Excuse me. <laughs> but um, what's interesting about Hachishakusama is while I was doing research on this and reading about the story and other stuff and trying to figure out other things. What was interesting about it is there is actually indeed a yokai in Japan's folklore about that is similar to a creature like this and it's called a takawana or called a tall woman that is actually from their um, folklore and whatnot and it's actually gone forgotten but they actually found a statue recently and like cause there's like 10 statues on a certain building and like the 10th one had fallen into the lake or something like that and it's been gone for a while and then they finally refound it and something that related from the Edo period mm-hmm. so 
It's really interesting. What did you imagine when you were reading the descriptions of her? Because I'm curious. I don't know why in my head popped up the Resident Evil character with the girl, the big boobs. <laughs> Lady to Mystery or whatever? Yeah, in the oh white looking God. dress. That's And then hilarious. I was like, yes, mommy, take me. Yes, mommy. <laughs> um, for Well, since I looked up Hachi Shakusama before because of the original story I heard. Do they have drawings and pictures? Yes, they do. Well, I'll be putting it on the podcast um, posts, but yes. I'm very curious and I want to see because right now I'm just imagining this hot mama. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's see. Is she closer to Slenderman looking? I would say so. Like, it's giving very much anime girl vibes. Let me see. Okay. <laughs> Big boobs. I mean, yeah, it looks just like <laughs> the but, Resident um, Evil. They always creep it out. See? Slenderman. Mmm. Now they're shipping them together as a couple. I mean, they look good together. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's the story of Hachishakusama. The urban legend and who knows, maybe 300 years from now will be a folklore. Right? Jeez, that gave me chills. That was creeping me out. <laughs> if you were the kid and that was happening, what would you do? What do you mean? Like, if... Would you be able to resist... Opening that fucking door? No, because I'd be like... I'd forget and be like, oh, no, no, I don't walk know, out. Get in here. I'm going to go get some cookies or something. <laughs> oh but then gosh. again, you don't know when you're scared. And have you ever had a situation where you're that scared and they explain to you there's something hunting you? Not in that sense. I mean, I've had moments where I've been scared, obviously, from my childhood. And I've just learned to, like, hunker down and just wait. That's always been my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't say I've had escaping. a moment where I've been, like, super scared. In the sense of, um, how do you say, like, I need to stay in a spot or, like, i got to go hide or something. Yeah. Although I've had a situation where I've been, like, super sick with the flu and the fever. And I had, like, a really bad stomach ache. And, like, my mother put, like, a heating pad on my stomach. And I laid there, and she's like, I'm going to go get groceries. I'm like, okay, I'll be back. And I laid in bed, and like four hours later, I was still in the same spot with the heating pad on me. And I felt like I was like going to die from dehydration, but I stayed through it until Mother came back. She's like, why didn't you just get up and get you some water? I'm like, you told me to stay. Oh, my God. (laughs) I could have died from dehydration (laughs) or something. Oh, my God. And that's because I was already dehydrated. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it was just. I don't know what I'd do. What would you do in that situation? Could you last through the night in one room by yourself? Um, yeah, I'm not opening that door. I'd freak out and I'd just stay on the bed crying. Even if you heard a... Cover my ears and... La, 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> or like your grandma or something. I, I'm not opening that door. Christina, come open the door. Nope. Christina. Nope, you can open that door. <laughs> so I can see you. But it's locked, Christina. Come open the door. You should have the key. It's your house. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. Now the ghost is going to go look for it. <laughs> All right, let me go get 
your keys from your grandma. Good luck looking for it. <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah, no, I would. I would literally just be on the bed, rocking back and forth, crying, covering my ears. I don't ever want to hear you say that word again. <laughs> yeah, it's like really fucking creepy. How do you know it sounds like that? Because it's just writing. Do, do they have like a little skit of the sound um, or? Well, well, the girl from Kawabana, that's how she was doing it in the story. And then there is a YouTube video that I saw of the story that um, they did it. But instead of saying pull, 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 they did it more like a sound, like a boom, 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 like an audio sound. So it still sounded creepy as hell, but like, I figured, because they said deep masculine noise, going pull, 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 so. It's just... Okay, stop. You're like, <laughs> never again. So, I'm creeped yeah. out officially. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I just... I really wanted to do this story because it's been there in the back of my head. And I'm like, I got to do it sometime. I'm going to do it. Because, like, one, it's an urban legend. I was avoiding it because it was an urban legend. Two, I like it because you know how... Um, what are those things called? Uh, tulpas? How they're formed from enough people believing in it, they can make it real, mm-hmm. manifest it, sort of. Yeah. How spirits are born like that. So, I mean, if it's that popular... They manifested it. They can manifest that creature. And then I looked, found out that there's actually... Puppies, uh, unicorns, rainbows. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, yeah. It's just so eerie that whole situation um yeah so don't leave your kids alone again guys and have salt in each corner of the house so you can see if it turns black there's an evil spirit there hey just a casual witch tip from just an ex-practitioner keep salt around salt your windows salt your doors from the ex-supernatural watcher salt your windows salt your doors just salt a circle and stay inside yeah yeah guys do what we say because we're so smart. <laughs> so smart. So intelligent. So intelligente. Intelligente. So, yeah. So, what would you say? So, you got chills from the story, right? Like, actually creeped out. How would you feel? Who would you say is more, um, actually, who do you say is more um, captivating, Slenderman or this bitch? I'm going to be honest, I've never actually listened or watched anything that had to do with the Slenderman. I just know about it. Mm. Um, so I haven't really, like, experienced an actual story. I would highly suggest for you to cover the case of those two kids. Yeah, the, that murdered. Mm. Yeah. It's on my list because I do remember that's the only thing I know is that and that they were told by Slenderman to do it. Or to, to sacrifice mm-hmm. that girl. Um, so I do know about that story. Um, there's a couple that I want to do. That have to do like that where they are told to, to do that. Because mm-hmm. um, there's another case too. But that would be interesting if I did that and then you did Slenderman. We could. We could plan yeah. that. We could try to plan that. Would Let's you guys be it. interested in that? Let's do it for like episode 15 or something. You want to do that? A conjoined story. Mm, mm-hmm. Cover was... both bases of it. Boom, bitch. But, um, Murder and spooky. But it's crazy because we all know Slender Man isn't real. 
Do we? We do, because the person who created the picture of Slenderman. It was started in a contest, like, he was a contest, like, could you make this the most realistic looking thing? And he made this picture it's of Slenderman. It's a video game, right? And no, For a video it game? started oh. as a picture, and then people started putting up the whole eerie story of how kids went missing, and every time there's a picture, this person was in the background, Slenderman, and then it got turned into a video game of Slenderman. And then it went on to become, like, this big... People were telling stories, and, like, it became this thing on the internet of people running into Slenderman. Yeah, we just talked about how... I forgot what you called it. Were they manifested? Oh, a tulpa? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, technically, he was manifested into these little girls actually becoming a nightmare for this one unfortunate girl they got. Yeah. I'll cover that, and you cover Slenderman. So stop talking about it, because we need to save it for the podcast episode. You know what? How about I'll stop it from where you suggested it and cut out the rest of this. Okay. <laughs> and then we'll just start start here, Christina. Just kidding. I'm not even the one editing. Start here, Steph. <laughs> you dumb slut. All right. We're going to cover Slenderman. Yes. The true crime part and the paranormal. The paranormal. The true paranormal. So that was my story, Christina. Thank you for creeping me out. You're welcome. I'm finally glad I could creep you out, at least on one of these stories, instead of just being like, so like, yeah, this is what's happening. And then I'm like, okay, cool. This one, I was like, literally like chills, and I was like, hurry up and end your story, <laughs> because I don't know if I want to still fart, puke, <laughs> or am I even going to be able to sleep tonight? I don't know. And you're in your Ooh, trailer I... by yourself. Oh, yeah, remind me about that, please. And you're going to hear tapping, just... I already do. Just... <laughs> And then you're going to be like, Nicole, shut the hell up. And she's going to be looking at you from the floor like... No, she sleeps in bed with me. She's just going to turn her head and be like, bitch, what'd you say? And then you're going to hear from the... And I'm going to be like, fuck. Because the window's on the side. And then all you're going to hear is... I'll be like, there's no children here. (laughs) Go somewhere else. I'm 31. (laughs) Just kidding, I'm 30. (laughs) I thought you were 24. (laughs) Oh, yeah. This guy thought I was 24. (laughs) (laughs) I literally, when I was told that, I was like, what? Me? (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong. (laughs) That was six years ago. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm cursed with baby face, apparently. That's what people say. Cursed with baby face. (laughs) So when I tell them I'm 30, they're like, No. And the same thing, when I was, like, working in the hospital, I would go into a patient's room, and they'd be like, you can't take care of me, you're 14. And I'm like, ah, sir, I'm 19. I'm 20. I'm not 14. You can't take care of me. Wanna bet? <laughs> <laughs> My man voice. Wanna bet? Put the glove on, snap, bend over. It's time for your prostate exam. <laughs> That's for the ladies. <laughs> he did two in the pink, one in the stink at me. And I started laughing. That's for the ladies. That's that's the happy ending. Oh, You pay extra. Oh, yeah. You pay you, you extra. You get billed for it later, but. We'll send you. <laughs> we'll bill you later for it. For the shocker. <laughs> Isn't that what it's called? The shocker? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, thank you for your story, Christina. That was super... The pissed. tea bag's hitting me in the nose. Are you getting tea bagged by the tea yeah. bag? You better enjoy that tea this? bag. Hold on. <laughs> you could have just pulled it out. Yeah. Pull Everywhere. out. On the 
coaster. I never pull out. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm 100% baby. (laughs) Spit or swallow? (laughs) Swallow. Depends, but mostly Depends. Depends on who it is and how I feel. (laughs) Some just don't taste right. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Curdled milk. (laughs) Some cottage cheese. (laughs) Chunky ranch. Okay. I think that's the end of the podcast. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you guys for listening. I hope we entertained you for this day. Um, and uh, don't forget, um, if it's chunky, spit it out. If it's smooth, <laughs> bitch, I thought you were gonna be like sending your stories. No, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, send us your stories. Um, and let us know if you spit or swallow. Just kidding. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> um, just kidding. Yeah, no. Definitely, um, send in your stories if you have anything. Hey, did you encounter Hachishaku-sama? Or, or something, or something, something creepy as hell? Like, Do you know a child murderer? <laughs> Let us know. God damn. <laughs> I mean, don't implicate yourself where you have to get investigated, but just let us know something happened. Yeah, I mean, shit happens in small towns and towns and whatever in general, and people know people. And Yeah, don't make us call our, call our lawyers. Mm. Or the we lawyer we don't have. <laughs> We know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that has a phone number that we can call. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you for listening to Deeper Into the Dark. Um, Follow us on all our social media accounts, Deeper Into the Dark. One word for TikTok, Instagram. Um, Deeper Into the Dark, spaced words for Facebook. Oh, check out our website, www.deeperintothedark.com. One word. And then Twitter is podcast. D-I-T-D, capital P-O-D-C-A-S-T, capital D, capital I, capital T, capital D. And oh. send in your emails to deeperintothedark at gmail.com. One word. Or if you guys can't remember that or don't want to feel comfortable sending in that in like that, visit our website. And mm-hmm. we do have a submission at the bottom of our episodes list. Go I in. think it's on both, isn't it? I think it's just on one. Oh. But um, definitely send in your stories or suggestions or recommendations or corrections. Or jokes. Um, I like dad jokes. Anything. I like raunchy jokes. So. That too. Also, if you think I'm cute, tell me. But um, <laughs> I mean, they can't really see our face. We're wearing ghost sheets. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> if my arms look great, just let me know. <laughs> I'm I mean, the brown was, one. There was one I was going to post, but you look like um, an invisible literal ghosts i could not see any part of your body except for the white sheet and i was like this makes me look 500 times the size of what he is this picture is not going in (laughs) and there'll be more pictures and stuff once this boy figures out how to upload pictures and send them to me because he has a weird camera thingy Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Also, my Gmail's, like, super full, and I'm not about to pay a dollar for more storage, even though it's going to fill up super fast with spam, even though I delete it. Anyways. Unsubscribe. <laughs> unsubscribe from Gmail. But um, thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed, and I hope you guys have a spooky, wonderful evening. Bo-bo. Oh, Bo-bo. my God, I'm going to do that. Stop it. <laughs> Get out. Fire. <laughs> You're fired. You're fired. From now on, this podcast will just be run by me. <laughs> <laughs> and Jupiter. And you, the the cats, my dog, my bunny. I'll, I'll have pets as a um, sidekick um, 
person not this stone. podcast is number no longer deeper into the dark it's deeper into christina's thoughts <laughs> deeper into christina dig, dig deep into me <laughs> oh no i'm still working on it i gotta rethink branding <laughs> oh my goodness it's real shit i'm leaving no more snacks I'm for still, you i'm still coming to your house to record <laughs> You're just gonna i need the, the mic <laughs> you get to sit on the couch and listen and watch oh gosh Ugh. i'll be chipping in every once in a while though <laughs> No, he'll have the comments in the background. I'll be like, Shh, I have to edit this out. And you know I don't edit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys. You have a good night. Love you. Love you. Bye. 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 Bye.